But at our house for Christmas 2010, I, as they say, nailed it. Can gift giving be redeemed? At Christmas time, we often hear warnings about consumerism and materialism, and those are good warnings. But are we just trying to avoid certain behaviors this Christmas, or are we actually trying to cultivate good behaviors? In this episode of the Compass Christmas Podcast, Brenda Winkelmeyer is helping us think redemptively about gift giving and how it points to the gospel. Thanks for coming along with us. For those of us with grown children, Christmas may evoke memories of struggling to find that just right Christmas present for our child, something affordable, age-appropriate, and capable of sustaining their interests beyond Christmas Day. And even more than just choosing the actual gift itself, we hope to find something that in the act of giving would communicate to our child that they were valued, cherished, loved. How many times I've wondered, did you hit the mark? I suspect we've all succeeded and failed to varying degrees. But at our house, for Christmas 2010, I, as they say, nailed it. It began with a gift of fat quarters my number three girl had arranged to be sent to me on my birthday in early September, just days after she had left for a semester of school in Toronto. A fat quarter is a bit of fabric, just half of a half a yard, small but usable, and quilters collect fat quarters by the fistfuls and hoard them for future use. This particular collection was grayed roses and greens and vanillas, lovely with a bohemian feel, and, no surprise, looked just like my number three girl, Kari. It didn't take me long to come to the conclusion that I would just have to make her a quilt using these fabrics and give it to her at Christmas. So while I happily set about making quilt blocks with the initial K in them, using all the fabrics and various combinations and adding some from my existing stash, this thought sprang to life. Why don't I just make a quilt for each of the girls for Christmas? Yes, it seemed a suitable way to honor the challenges of that particular year. Our oldest daughter, Lucy, a nurse, had moved back home that spring for a couple of months to recover from back surgery, bringing her two black cats with her. Our number two girl, Molly, had bought her first house and adopted her first puppy, a chocolate lab mix from the Humane Society. Number three had done the brave thing of heading to Canada for a year of graduate school. And the baby, Gretchen, who had heretofore been our hearth cricket, who wouldn't even consider leaving the state for college, had sloughed off her previous reluctance and was spending the first semester of her junior year in Paris. So I had work to do. Three months, four quilts. I've had greater challenges, and truth be told, I realize after many years that my quilting ethic may be summed up in four words, fast but not accurate. For Lucy, whose aesthetic is decidedly spare and whose favorite color has always been green, I made a quilt composed of dozens of cat profiles from various green fabrics in my stash, but inserted in their midst two black cats, a tribute to the bonus visitors she brought with her during her recuperation. For Molly, a quilt made up of small house blocks set at 
tilt dancing across the quilt. The label on the back, anchored with the profile of a chocolate lab, was printed with a line from a book we had read that year, How One Good Home Always Begets Another. Kari got the K-quilt, made from the fabric she had given me for my birthday, and for Gretchen, well, years before, a dear quilting friend had made and given me twelve sunbonnet sue blocks when she learned that Gretchen had always wanted a sunbonnet sue quilt, and this friend knew I wasn't likely to master the art of hand applique any time soon. So I dusted those gifted blocks off and added some riotous fabric to frame them, black and red and hot pink strips a la Toulouse-Lautrec. The label sewn on the back of her quilt reads, Ooh la la, sunbonnet Sue does Paris. Love, Mom. They were good gifts, inspired by a desire to bring delight and comfort and to remind these young women every time they reached for their quilt that they were loved and known by their mother. I had relished the time I spent working on the quilts and anticipating their presentation on Christmas Day. Photographs remain from that day and time, our four daughters in a row, ensconced on the living room couch, their handmade quilts flowing over their laps or tucked snug around their shoulders. Photographs remain, and my eyes are not the only pair glistening. It was so satisfying for me to make and give these good gifts, and I'm still warmed when I see them now, fraying a little, lumped in a pile or used to scaffold a fort, fashioned by grandchildren or folded neatly in my daughter's various homes, whether it be Columbia, Louisville, or Paris, France. Do not be deceived, the brother of our Lord writes, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. All truly good gifts can be traced back to the loving hands of God, our Father. He gives us the good and challenging gift of being placed in families, of skills and predilections, of the desire to inspire delight, to provide comfort, to fashion something beautiful with our hands, specifically worked for the people in our lives. This season, we remember the precious gift from the Father, the gift of His Son, the only gift worthy of the commentation, one size fits all. For sinners of every stripe and scope, Jesus is the ultimate gift, and like the bundle of fabrics that started my Christmas quilt-making furor, he is a gift that looks just like the giver. When we by faith acknowledge Christ's sacrifice on the cross as having purchased our freedom from the due penalty of our sins, God sets us in a place of showering graces, gives us the ability to exult in who he is, and invites us into an ongoing relationship with his good, good gift, the person of Christ. That relationship with Jesus is truly a gift that communicates that we are loved and cherished and known. As we grow in relationship with him, as we are led by the Father's good gift of the Holy Spirit, though, though we are known in our weaknesses and failings with blind spots galore, yet we find we are loved and cherished and provided for just the same. And his loving Father's heart ensures that his gifts to us meet our particular need. For the weary, he holds out rest. For the lonely, an unfailing friend. For the guilty, pardon. For the grieving, the comforter. For the accursed, 
mercy, for the anxious, peace, for the jaded, holy delights, for the poor, a beautiful inheritance, for the confused, the light of his wisdom, for the hunted, a refuge, for the unsure, a hope, and for all who trust in his name, a steadfast love from which we cannot be loosed. I believe even today his Father's heart is pouring out on you and me just what we need. He'll use his word and his people and our allotted portion to do this. He is just that kind of Father. As my daughters reach for their quilts to ward off the chill of a winter evening or to calm the ache of a fever, how much more does the salvation fashioned for us by the loving hands of the Father comfort us every time we are tempted to sin? every time we are tempted to despair. But unlike my humble gifts of cotton and thread destined to decay, how like a good father, choosing the gift for us that doesn't wear out or wear down, in fact, even gets better with use. Aren't there some among us who can look at the perils of the present time with an expectant eye and calm heart because of our confidence in the proven trustworthiness of our God to deliver. So as we, dear ones, loved and known by the Father, cast about for the good gift for our loved ones this season, let us remember the Father's gift for us, his Son's earthly life, that we might catch a glimpse of his character and his heart for us, his Son's death to pay our debts, and his Son's risen life, bringing us new life. For if we, being earthly parents, know how to give our children good gifts. Ah, look how much more our Heavenly Father has done for us. Well, I really do hope that you've been encouraged by what you've heard today. This Christmas podcast is a ministry of Compass Church. We're a church that seeks to be a place where Christ's love is at work transforming lives. For more info about who we are and what's going on, you can find information at compassefc.com. All right, until next time. Thank you.